Imagine, if you will, a movie that comes out 35 years ago in July and is recognized as a Christmas movie. Imagine, if you will, hotly debated on the internet 30 years later, 35 years later, and far into the future, is this a Christmas movie or not? Where the overall response is, it's a perfectly acceptable one if you choose to. Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Gems and as always I'm your host the Admirable Admiral and as always we are in a video store somewhere in your hometown so come find us. Yes, video stores still exist and of course guys as always the doggos are in the recording studio. One is wearing a sweater and one is not. Of course the Honorable Tesla is and the Fantasmus Frida is not. Of course, guys, and as always, the illustrious Buttmeister is here with a wonderful, amazing guest from last week again. Did you even let him out the studio, sir? Maybe. Here. I don't know what you're talking about. He came back of his own will, his own volition, but yeah, Dr. Almond Kringle's back. What's up? This is this was an amazing surprise that was literally a last minute decision last week during recording of the uh Oh, the episode last week. Jurassic Park. That just, yep, suddenly, like, oh yeah, let's get Dr. Almond Kringle back. Wait, what? Wait, really? I was kind of joking, but cool. Let's do it. Do it now. Do it now. And look, we're not just doing this because the episodes that you have been on, I believe, <laughs> are the most talked about episodes by, like, a large margin. It's your episodes, GLaDOS and Patron's episodes, uh... Fairy Game Mother's episodes, and then ev everything else. <laughs> yeah, no one ever talks about Willow though, because that was a bad episode. Oh, um, but, oh, before we go any further, I do have a letter from a listener. Oh, yes. Um, finally, yes. I mean, again. Well, more of a verbal letter that was dictated by the fantastic Miss Frida with her typing skills. <laughs> Because she's cool. Love that. she's a better speller than the Honorable Tesla, because the Honorable Tesla, like me, um, has dyslexia, so he can't he can't really spell really well. So he <laughs> he 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 foresaw the verbiage and words and dictated it to his adopted sister, who did type out the letter. Please read the email, Admiral. <laughs> it is from the Minnesota video lady. Oh shit! And, and she has. Not a complaint, but would like to point something out, and I feel like we should honor this. Please, roast me. I ask the Cinemaniacs every week, roast me at cinemagems15 at gmail.com. Do it. <laughs> so, How am I wrong? Tell me. So it's not dictated toward me. It's dictated toward you specifically. I mean, I'm, I'm fa I'm, I have a little bit fault in this, and that's fine. Um, so on, <laughs> on our iTunes... It's considered to be, quote-unquote, a clean podcast. So, she has said that the Admirable Admiral uses the F-bomb every once in a while. But the Butt Maestro... And I just dropped an S-bomb. My bad. That's his favorite adjective. <laughs> so, we how should... How else do we talk? Of course... As, as the Patron. No, wait, how do we go from this point? Do we make it a well, clean show? Because I can make it a clean show well, if we establish that. Well, I think we should 
kind of reroute and find our own swear word to replace a swear word? Oh, you don't have to tell me to say frack and goramit. <laughs> oh, see, uh, those Mother are two sucker. classic ones. Those are two classic ones. One of my I questions was go I was going to ask y'all on this show is what are your what is your favorite cable TVization of Yippie Kaye Mother Effer? Mm, I don't ever think I've ever watched this on TV. I'm going to be honest with you. Really? No. No. Dang it. Yeah, and I watched so, it so early on TV, like when it probably first came on TV, that I think they were still like Mother Sucker. <laughs> which, which when you mother. think about it, like. Isn't that? Is it not? Is it a lot better? Uh, yeah, like it's kind of <laughs> like it could be just as bad. <laughs> no, we if uh, if our listeners want to listen to us because they enjoy our content, but want to listen to us in a way that doesn't disturb other people, I totally get it. I apologize, and I will make more of an effort to be more clean on the show. I mean, I'm not I'm not at fault either, so I completely accept all that. Um, but my one of my quote i literally googled um uh, actually the uh, the article is the tennessean um 50 swear word alternative alternatives um and i really like the first one balderdash um, <laughs> i i also uh i also like uh merlin's beard um, yes um so if you guys want to look up uh i literally googled uh swear world swear word alternatives and the tennessean was first uh you can it's adorable that you think either of us have to google fictional swear words yay gods man (laughs) um you do know i know klingon right (laughs) klingon's nothing but (laughs) um so no so i think we should i think we should honor the uh minnesota video ladies request absolutely thank you for the feedback yeah. And transition to a clean show. <laughs> On the Die Hard episode. <laughs> On the Die Hard episode. Classic. Classic. Just kill it right... Just kill it in the dirt. Just kill it. We could have picked any movie to make this a clean show. Actually, you know what? Yeah, let's make the Die Hard episode a clean one because I'm sure most people who reviewed Die Hard did not do it cleanly. Yeah. Because it is not a clean movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a a dirty movie, but it's a movie known for... It's a movie my parents did not let me watch. (laughs) It's a a movie my parents straight up did not let me watch until I was at least a teenager. Oh, I got away with it. (laughs) I just got away with it. Um, all right, so you guys want to want to start? Um, Let's do the it. But Maestro, did you want to ask your question before, or did you want to do that like midway through? Sure, we uh, can get it out of the way now if you already know your answers. I was just curious, and right. I think the listeners should weigh in on this too. Please send us an email at sentiment cinema gems at sorry one more time cinema gems fifteen at gmail dot com. Uh, but I wanted to ask y'all, what is your favorite kind of? adaptation or homage to die hard whether it be a movie tv show episode because i have a few in mind but i'm curious what y'all think uh uh dr alan kringle would you like to go first since you're the guest uh well one one of the movies that popped into my head uh which was made you know several years after die hard um which featured like a strong somewhat retired uh official kind of cat that gets dropped into a situation that he didn't expect and Rex shop is a one man army against everybody else. Right. So this movie 
with, with with a diabolical villain on the other end. This movie is in fact under siege with Steven Seagal. Oh. <laughs> oh shit, you're right. So oh, no. under siege with Steven Seagal to me vibes a lot like Die Hard. Um, you know, he's a chef, blah, blah, blah. He was secret ops or whatever. He rolls into it. And, I mean, he's just cooking. Like, he's literally the cook. And he takes apart everybody to get to who? Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, my God. What a diabolical villain. What what kind of cojones <laughs> does this guy have come and try to steal a battleship? What the fuck? <laughs> there you go. There you go, Butt Maestro. Yep. There you go, Butt Maestro. Dang it. Drink. <laughs> drink. As the party says, drink. But yeah, so like, you know, I, I think personally that Under Siege is my uh, diehard like movie that I think was uh, kind of an homage to Die Hard if you think about all the elements. No, I 100% agree, and I, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I like the choice. This is not the choice I thought you were going to go with, but it's a great choice. Uh, like I said, I have I have a couple other ones, but that was that was like... Okay. That's a great poll. That was a hard one for me. What what's your other one? What's your other ones? Um, well, I was kind of thinking um, Man on Fire. Ooh, that's a very good one. Ooh, that's a good one. Because, uh, I mean, you know, it, it's... And the problem I didn't, the, the reason why I didn't go with that is because I love that movie so much. And I have, I think that's such a, such a good, good movie. But, um, and I think, you know, obviously Denzel is the man, mm-hmm. but um, I think that it it felt like Under Siege was more directly answering what you were saying. I think so. Yeah. Those are both great polls. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, so I have two that are tied for first Okay, place. go for it, Admiral. Olympus Has Fallen. Yep. Which we reviewed not that long ago, right? Uh, I don't think we reviewed that one. Am I thinking of I the think other so. uh, uh, president gets kidnapped and... White House down? Yeah, that one. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I gotta go back in the archives and look. But yeah, Olympus Has Fallen... And Violent Night. Oh. Tied for... I have to watch one. Violent Night. That actually sounds really fun. It came out on my birthday. It's really good. Nice. Of last year. Yeah. Of last year. Um, And it, uh, I believe it is on uh, Netflix. Mm, it's, yeah. It's on one of those. Yeah, I think it's Netflix. And so is Olympus Has Fallen, both on Netflix. So you, you can you can go to Disney+, Plus, watch Die Hard, and then head over to Olympus Has Fallen. Nope. And who was the uh, was Olympus Fallen? Um, Samuel Jackson is the president. Was no, that the other that one? Was, Morgan uh, Freeman. That was Aaron Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart. And then Morgan Freeman yeah. was the speaker. Okay. And then he was issued, you know, the duties of the president. Yeah. So, but Maestro, what are yours? Did it? Yeah. Oh, I had two, and they're both TV show episodes, and neither of them are as good as either of y'all's picks. <laughs> I did not expect wait, wait, wait. Under Can we Siege. Have a question? <laughs> uh, no, I are, I are they Star Trek based? The, the ones on top of my head were the Bob's Burgers, Die Hard the Musical. <laughs> of because course. of course, everything they do is great. Katomi, not Katomi. <laughs> uh, 
uh, and the Brooklyn Nine-Nine um, episode. That, oh, shoot, I just watched not that long ago. It's it's a Christmas episode, which, again, in the point category for is this a Christmas movie <laughs> versus isn't it? We'll talk about that closer to the end of the show. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Brooklyn I mean, Nine-Nine and... Uh, Bob's Burgers. Yeah. Bob's Burgers does great. The Bob's, Bur- the Bob's Burgers episode yeah. is good. Yeah, I agree with they, you. They wreck it on, on Bob's yeah. Burgers for any kind of those, those tribute episodes. Uh, Patron was singing Nakatomi. Yes! Randomly. Yes! While we were watching this movie. Heck yeah, Patron. Um, Love you. And we were... We, we, did, we did break it up into our segments. Um, and apparently... Uh, Patron has not stayed awake through the latter half of the movie. Uh, uh, so one of my favorite scenes, um, it's just completely random out of nowhere. It's when uh, the uh, LAPD are walking through the Rose Garden and the guy gets cut by the rose and he's like, oh, Jesus. Just <laughs> random, completely out of nowhere. That's so hilarious to me because it's just, it's, it's just, bombastic there's a random. handful of moments that stuck out to me watching it this time because up until a few days ago i don't think i've ever really sat down and dedicatedly like actually focused and walked the whole thing from start to finish because most of the time this is the kind of movie that's on at like a family thing on cable tv and, and nobody's really listening paying to attention it. to yeah. it and the <laughs> volume's not nearly high enough to really pay attention to it uh so Noticed a bunch of things this time, not the least of which being the two FBI agents in the helicopter before it gets blown up hilariously are talking to each other. One of them's not wearing a headset. How the heck is he hearing the government? <laughs> yeah. And vice versa. Like, how uh, is the dude like, with wrist headphones hearing the dude that does not have a microphone? What are y'all doing? What are y'all really doing? What's going on? Did you only have bud- uh, uh, enough budget for one set of headphones? Maybe. Uh, but but I did like I did like how he's like just like Saigon. He's like I was in middle school, you jerkweed. The FBI agents are great. They almost make this movie a comedy. Yeah. Um. So you know the part where uh where um Al and uh Bruce Willis's character is talking to each other. That was added later in the movie uh to establish you know a connection between the two. So I because re- those parts really make me like uh, John McClane and more as a character than uh, just having him do all this uh, killing all these terrorists. If that makes sense, it just adds it adds more character development to his character. Oh, what, about, um, what about Con Air? Did, did you want to talk about the music? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That is, from both of us. <laughs> that is a good one. That just, I don't know, that just popped into my head because I, when I was thinking about I was thinking about him trying to get the stuffed animal to his daughter and then oh, wow, you're and then right. uh he has a Paige has a stuffed animal for his daughter in Conair. Absolutely right. Oh my goodness. Um did you want to talk about the music uh before we go any further so we don't forget about it? It depends. Who is it by Michael Kamen? Michael? Yeah. Why? Do, hang on. I know that name. What else do I know that name for from? the X Files? He. Uh, ooh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. 
Let's yeah. Boy Scout. Yeah, lethal weapon. He's real from the crypt. Okay, you you know. Oh, last action hero. Three We've Musketeers. Talked about his music before. Three Musketeers. Oh, that. Oh, that Three Musketeers. That okay. of the Vengeance. Yeah, you know his music. It's actually pretty damn good. Dang. Good. What about license? I'll to get kill? there. Ooh, no. Uh, Michael Kamen has a hell of a heck of a <laughs> look. It's a learning curve. I'll get there. Has a I speak Klingon. Absolute doozy. <laughs> <laughs> You're both freaking jerks. No, we can do this. We can do this. We work customer service. We can do this. Do it with a smile. We're gonna get close. We should do. We should do a beep. There. Uh, we can't even talk about the show. I want to talk about. No, there's a amazing YouTube show done by Tommy Bo, uh, where they get a sample from whatever guest star is on at the beginning of the episode to use as the bleep anytime they accidentally curse. <laughs> but that would require the Admiral and I to do some editing. And the only time we've won an award was for least editing. <laughs> we didn't we didn't win. We got nominated. Close to dang enough. Yeah. Uh, but no, he did Lethal Weapon Four. He did uh, From the Earth to the Moon. He did the uh, the the nineteen ninety eight Avengers, the British one, not two thousand twelve one. His score for this movie is really interesting because a lot of it is just theme and variations on Ode to Joy, Beethoven, and you finally get that theme when they open the bank vault, and I, for some reason, cheered along as the villains were opening. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because I felt compelled to by Beethoven. He also he also uh, did the music for Event Horizon. Oh wow, Ooh. that's a good one. It's an intense movie. Yeah, uh, that's up there with uh, uh, from the mouth uh, in the mouth of madness. Uh, and uh, and uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. I don't believe he did Die Hard with Die Hard Two. No, he. Oh no, he did Die Hard Two. He did Die Hard Two. Um, I heard with a vengeance, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, and Splitting Airs, an amazing movie that I wanted to review this year, but the but my show was like no, because I told him the plot, and he's like no, hell no, heck no, double H E L hockey sticks, no hockey sticks. That's not with uh, Ralph. Uh, it's Rick Moranis. Who, who's oh, no, Rick Moranis? I'm thinking of King Ralph. Rick Kirk Moranis. Idol, no. Rick Moranis. Nah. He also did. Uh, I feel like I've seen that. He, uh, he also did Die with the Vengeance. He also did the music for Mr. Holland's Opus. Oh, the Penguin movie. Yeah. Nice. Uh, no. Uh, but that's a, But unfortunately, that's a very really strong name too. Yeah. Um. Apparently, he died of. Uh. He he. What? Wait. Mr. Oh, Holland's Opus or Mr. Popper's Penguin? Two Academy Awards, won three Grammys, oh, two one. global, two Golden Globes, and an Annie Award and an Emmy. So they pulled out the the heavy cannons with this guy, huh? Yeah. I wonder what what the like when they put this movie together. I'm I'm wondering like if they were like, yeah, we're gonna knock it out the park, or were they like, you know, like I mean, because Bruce Willis has done plenty of movies. Like I'm not sure where this exactly was in his discography, uh, the but the beginning. Of I know this career, wasn't his first movie. The be- oh, was that that far? So he was moan. He was mostly known for comedic roles, like Moonlighting. Mm, and they, I remember Moonlighting, and yeah. they didn't think he could pull it off, but he pulled it off. They wanted an everyman. Well, I saw. I, I well, 
I, I saw that pretty much every like A-list actor of the time was actually looked at for this role. You know, Schwarzenegger, De Niro, you know, all all those guys. Even Pacino, which I thought was a little weird. Like that is kind of weird. I, I I don't see like him being, but I mean, I guess it's Pacino after Scarface or in uh, around that era. So like, you know, you're probably talking about a different person altogether, but. You know, it, it seemed it seemed weird, like when I saw all these different people that they were actually looking at for John McClane. I don't see anybody else being John McClane other yeah. than Bruce Willis. Exactly. 100%. You know, like it's and it's weird because like maybe Harrison Ford, maybe, but nah, Bruce Willis is too synonymous with this role, and he makes it work. Yeah, the right amount of attitude and. There's so much about this movie. The reason it's so popular and so universally loved by so many people is because John McClane it could be anyone. He's just a dude. That wouldn't be the case if he was Stallone or Schwarzenegger, yeah, right? Exactly. You know, right. like that. That that just wouldn't be the case. Um, or Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, can I can I get um sorry can I get back to Michael Kamen real quick um apparently he yeah. also did the movie for one of, uh, for my favorite movie of all time Brazil um oh he did the, the music for Brazil and nice. the Iron Giant oh, oh Iron Giant is a fantastic movie fantastic and, score uh, and also he started uh, his involvement in uh, the Mr Holland Opus's film uh, started uh, to create a Mr Holland Opus Foundation in 1996. Um, and it support education through donation of refurbishment musical uh, instruments. Um, and in 2005, the foundation created an emergency fund for schools and students affected by Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, he passed away before then, but I like that something that he started helped create and further the musical involvement in the bringing up of new artists. Yeah. Love that. Sorry, I just wanted to mention that's a that. that's a big thing in the music industry for sure. Like I, I definitely like I think that's the best thing is to like for these like bigger artists to hand down, you know, instruments and stuff like that to mm -hmm. kids coming up. And also like set the building blocks for them to to walk, you know, and yeah. and start starting learning from whatever they need to learn from to to clear their path to get in a to get a in bigger shoes. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Sorry. I just wanted to mention that because that was like, I was like, man, I have to mention this because, you know, it's, I got to mention it. Um, so do you want to talk about the director, uh, John McTierman, AKA the director of the predator? Uh, seeing as I didn't know that he also directed, Oh, the predator hunt for red October, last action hero, die hard for the vengeance. Uh, Oh, the 99 remake of Thomas crown affair. Was that Pierce Brosnan? Yeah. So it's interesting. I, I'm I'm seeing something that's happening here. It looks like a lot of the crew were on Die Hard and Die Hard with a Vengeance, but not Die Hard Two. That's because nobody really likes Die Hard Two. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just me. that's just my. View it was kind of it was kind of a one off of Die Hard One. Like it felt yeah. like. Yeah. It was like yeah, I I knew Hans Gruber too. <laughs> I, I, hey, you I remember know, Hans Gruber? <laughs> I know Mama Maestro really loves Die Hard 2. 
I thought Die Hard with a Vengeance was really fun. I mean, I, I thought it, it came back really hard, and I thought there was a lot of waning interest in it after Die Hard 2, for sure. Mm -hmm. But Die Hard was definitely, out of all of them, obviously, the, yeah. the big dog. Um, also, apparently, there were 17 undershirts in various stages of uh, degradation on hand for Bruce Willis throughout film. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, and in 2007, Bruce Willis donated John McClane's undershirt to the Smithsonian. I think we saw that one, right, Patron? Wait, the dirty one? The dirty one. I think we saw that one uh, in the Smithsonian Museum. Um, uh, what about his foot bandages? I don't think they kept those. I think they tossed them. Oh, after unfortunate. They unfortunate. Well, they probably would have been worth a fortune. Um, the I'll be honest, pretty real, pretty pretty realistic looking fake blood, for the time at least. Oh yeah, um, but Wait, so that, yeah, that scene still makes me hurt. <laughs> you want to talk about you want to talk about Alan Rickman? You want to talk about or John Vell Johnson? You want to talk absolutely about want to talk about Argyle, Alan Rickman, the one girl? of Alan Rickman's best performances, his first role ever. Hans Gruber. It it exploded his career and for good reason. He absolutely rocked it. Yeah. He was this it, was he was thirty when he did this role. His this is he does not look thirty, first off. But he also looks incredible. He kinda always looks the same saying. age. Or has always looked the same age since he was no longer with us. Mm. RIP. Was this his first this wasn't his first movie, right? Yeah, I, I believe, believe so. so. This is the first like big role. Because after I mean, that, he yeah, his first film role was a German terrorist, Hans Gruber and Die Hard. And that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Prince of Thieves. That doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> How does that not make sense? I mean, he came out hard. He came out yeah. real hard. How yeah. was his American accent to you guys? I if I would if I was John McClane in that moment I would have bought it. That that's one of those misdirect moments where I'm not cursing out the protagonist for believing this obvious ruse. No, I could buy it too in that situation. What about I also uh, like that he gave him an empty gun. What about uh, Alan Rickman was the robot in Hitchhiker's Guide? Yeah, it was Marvin. Yeah. yeah, wasn't the, the depressed robot? Yeah, wasn't wasn't he not British? I think he was. I don't think he. Ooh, Alan Rickman. No, yeah. the, Marvin. Wasn't he? Marvin. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was a British robot. You sure? Because yeah, because yeah, they were all British in the movie besides Zoe Deschanel and um. Most Def. Well, Most Def was an alien. Was a Ford Prefect. Death was most definitely. Yeah. Amazing. Most definitely. <laughs> All right, sorry. Uh, <laughs> do you want to talk about Reginald Val Johnson, a.k.a. the dad from Family Matters? A.k.a. Carl Winslow. Winslow. <laughs> <laughs> um, he did a great job in this one. Like, he really... He helped this movie grow, if that makes sense. He, because he did of... a great job of making me not hate the character when the character admitted to having killed a kid. Because he conveyed mm -hmm. the regret 
of that character very well. Regret. Regret. No regrets. And you would talk about Paul Gleason, the LAPD. Uh, Wait, let me the, let me. The head is this. Was this also Justin Long's first movie? Justin Long was not in Die Hard. That that that's no, Die Hard. He was in Die Hard. Okay, okay, okay. I was like, yeah, I was he's... looking at this. I was like, where? where why Isn't he, he John McClane's son? No. Or the dude. No, he he no, was he was a, um he was like he a, John a techie daughter. or something. I think. Oh. Was, for the bad guy married to john mcclain's daughter no, or whatever I don't, I don't think so i don't remember i've purposely never watched that movie because after hearing the whole kevin smith bit about his role in one of the diehard movies one of the more recent ones i was like i'm good that being said this um, first one is I also have great some, i also have some really cool trivia that um i didn't even know and i just found okay, out hit it uh so uh Devore uh, White, uh, the gentleman that played Argyle. Mm-hmm. Devereaux. Um, he was the youth. Oh, Devereaux. He was the youth uh, kid who tried to steal the guitar in the Blues Brothers scene with Ray Charles. Oh, wow. I remember him yep. from, like, he was all over TV back in the day. Yeah, Jeff- uh, the Jeffersons, Little House on the Prairie, like, he was yeah he had, he had a bunch I, of he did a good job yeah he, he had a bunch of definite things i remember him for um yeah he was he was a crackhead in uh trespass lucky <laughs> oh was it good was trespass good yeah that was good it was a ice tea ice cube uh Bill Paxton damn who i mean who's in all movies with ice tea and ice cube bill paxton <laughs> Um, R.I.P. Bill Paxton. Absolutely. Oh, and Deborah White was also in Action Jackson. Ooh. And I also remember him from back in the day in from In the Heat of the Night. Oh, that was oh, the original one. I used so, to watch the hell out of that show. So I don't mean oh, to pivot the, too hard on y'all, but I I'm curious about one aspect of this movie in particular, uh, aspect of the plot. That is, what is Hans Gruber's theme? Like what? Besides money, why specifically this company? Because, because they have a bunch of bear like, bonds. I is it re- is it really it? This company is is internationally stupid enough to keep us safe full of bearer bonds. Well, I'm sure I'm sure they were definitely stupid enough to do that. Yeah, I mean, and also he he literally went out of his way to learn everything about Mister Takagi. Yep. Like this is the era reasons. of the bank robbery, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Which I was kind of upset that we didn't hear synchronize our watches. I was kind of wanting to hear that, but I yeah. didn't hear it. Um. So so all right. So we're tiptoeing around, but do you want to talk about William Atherton, Dickless? Oh, the annoying reporter. Yeah. Which, by the Your way, Honor, this Patron hates no this day. man. Patron. I do too. Hates he, this man. He's like the epitome of like the man from back to the day. Like, oh, man. oh I don't know. If you, I know. I don't know if the listen. I know the listeners heard, but uh, I just want to reiterate to um to the Bud Maestro and Doctor Amon Kringle. Uh, Patron's favorite part was when uh Holly uh Holly uh, McLean punched Dickless. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. 
Oh, I, you know what? Like, I, I, I'm so invested in this dude from like back in the day that I actually used to like, I used to quote lines from Ghostbusters and my mom would have me do it at like family gatherings and stuff. And one yes. of the ones that got out before she realized what I was saying was, Your Honor, this man has no dick. <laughs> and like, I was saying this is like a 10 year old or 12 year old at like, family gatherings and she just like wasn't ready for it and it was just like I mean there were so many things in Ghostbusters that like a 10 or 12 year old probably shouldn't be repeating (laughs) accurate description of Ghostbusters I also got in trouble as a kid so did uh, so did my brother for quoting things we absolutely absolutely should not have I have a very vivid memory of making a room full of uh, other kindergartners cry <laughs> singing Kill the Wabbit, Kill the Wabbit. <laughs> uh, well, Anarchy! Uh, Clarence, uh, Clarence, a.k.a. Theo, um, his family was originally from New Orleans. Oh, where? Oh, nice. Um, and he grew up in uh, Air Force bases around Hawaii, Texas, Florida. Um, and he... He he was a he was a professor at the University of Nevada uh, from 2006 until he passed uh, last year, which we found out, I think, right before we recorded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the honorable Tesla is barking to let people know uh, that there are things going on. So uh, he was also in the Texas a Walker Ranger, um, uh, Jimmy Trivet. He was that character, and he was also in Matlock. Matlock. Is he dead? Uh, that was. Uh, I I love the character Theo because I've always known the quote and the quarterback is toast, <laughs> uh, and all of his incredible sports references that I still don't fully get because I'm not that much of a sports fan, but I appreciate his incredible knowledge. Uh, you want to talk about the most punchable dude in this movie, Alice? Absolutely hate that dude. Okay, all right, all right, cool. Can we talk about Alice for a second? <laughs> yeah, he's the so, worst. Right. Actual okay, works. cool. Before before we say anything about Ellis, all right. Before we say anything about Ellis, okay. I just got one question for you guys. I want to see a cut of this movie from Ellis's POV oh, on cocaine. No, <laughs> no, that'd be absurd. Ellis is hardcore. Ellis will give it to Ellis you. Ellis is hard. Yeah, let's go to give it to you. I'm your white knight. I know it's not quite, but why did that make me think of the movie Crank? (laughs) The Jason Statham movie. Jason Statham. If you don't know what that is, Uh, please Google it. Oh, by the way, um, did you know that this movie is uh, is in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress? I don't doubt it. In 2017, to quote, for being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Look, we're, as you probably guessed, we're not going to give you beat by beat of the plot of this movie. If you haven't seen it, go see it. You need to see it. There is an ongoing oh. debate that I have heard at least three or four times in just the last few weeks leading up to the holidays. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Okay. <laughs> like I said in the opening sequence, I Googled it and. In the director's eyes, uh, John McTiernan said Die Hard was not made exclusively a Christmas movie. 
Bruce Willis has stated it's not a Christmas movie. It's just a movie that happens around I... Christmas? Sure. I mean, my, my viewpoint is the tape that he had on the back of his back when he taped the gun to him. Also, the song... Didn't they have a Christmas sing, party or something? Like different it was, little... It different... was a company Christmas party. Yes. Yes. There, there were a small handful of Christmas songs. I think just the right amount. I'm glad the score revolved yeah. around Ode to Joy and not, I don't know, Leroy Anderson's Christmas Festival. And also, they have Let It Snow at the very end. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I don't think it's not a Christmas movie just because it doesn't have Santa Claus in it. The only other major factor that I can really tell that disqualifies it from potentially being a Christmas movie, although you can rebut against this easily, uh, is that it came out in July. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if that was studio being stupid. Or weird lack of communication, or hey, we have an open slot in the middle of the summer, release it, and it worked. It did fantastically, uh, despite being a Christmassy movie. But well, I also can't tell you how many times I've seen Christmas-themed movies in like July. It happens way too often. Yeah, I th I think Christmas-themed movie is the important part that you said. Because is it a Christmas movie? No, because there's no gathering around the Christmas tree and stuff like that. But is it a Christmas themed movie? Yeah, I mean it is. It takes place around Christmas, just like Gremlins, you know, like just like yeah. you know Gizmo being a Christmas present, you know, like just like Brazil, the yeah. the one of my favorite movies of all yeah. time. It's set around Christmas. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not. It doesn't. I and I think that's still makes it a Christmas movie in that sense. Yeah, you know, like I, you know. It's it's versatile I mean, because you can very easily watch it around around Christmas time, the holiday season, and it's great. You can also watch it not around Christmas time, and you know what? It's great then too. You know what else is a Christmas movie? <laughs> Willy Wonka, Harry Potter. Yeah, you know, like what whatever movie you put on is a Christmas movie. The first like, two Harry Potter movies, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, like they they're all like it's just it's just about getting getting everybody around and watching a cool movie. Oh, uh, also, uh, you know the scene that uh, Bruce Willis was riding on top of the elevator. Yes, mm -hmm. he he really rode on top of the elevator. I don't doubt it. It's Bruce Willis. He seems like the kind of dude that was really eager to do his own stunts. By the way, this is his favorite role he's ever done, and I have to agree with him. This is probably my favorite role of him, besides Die Hard 3. I agree, although I don't remember the last time I saw Die Hard 3, so I, I can't weigh in there. And I really liked The Sixth Sense. Ooh, yeah. I also enjoyed Unbreakable. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Fifth Element. Ooh, yeah. That, that being That's said, a good one too. that being said, he basically was John McClane in most of his movies. He yep. was ba for for so much of that movie, so much of Die Hard. Was he bad I either? Was, there were specific scenes in Die Hard where he's uh, like army crawling, basically through glass, and I went, "He's literally doing what he would later do in the uh, friggin' cruise ship." As Corbin Dallas, like the only thing the scene is missing is Chris Rock screaming like a like, way too way too high. <laughs> yeah, no. Who? Tucker, uh, Chris Tucker. Thank you. Sorry. Wow. Mother Trucker. Wow. Yep. Sorry about that. Uh, also, um, did you? Were you aware? Were you aware that they? 
this is a, technically a sequel to an old movie that had um oh what's his face in oh my god I can't even think of his name uh I think it was Frank Sinatra right so Frank Sinatra had to be offered this role and turn it down and then they're like okay cool because it's a sequel the book that they wanted to make this out of was a sequel to um a book with Frank Sinatra that he did the movie. So they had to offer it to him, and then when he turned it down, they were like, okay, cool, so now we can make this movie with someone else. And Clint Eastwood was involved for a really long time to make this film. He bought the rights back in the 80s, um, and he did, you know, he, he wanted to make sure that it got done. But, you know, hey, I think that it was in the right hands to be made. I'm not saying it's the most perfect movie ever made, but it's a really good movie. Yeah. So, um, oh, I just up? I just wanted to shout out to two people who were a little bit lower on the uh, on the list of uh, people in this movie. It was Big Johnson and Lil Johnson, uh, Robert Davi and Grandel Bush. Uh huh. Those two guys are like this was their era. They were just like dropping in little bit pieces everywhere. Uh, Grandel Bush was in like, you know, he was in Die Hard, License to Kill. He was. Alrog in the Street Fighter movie. Oh my god! Yeah, but like he's been in he's been in so many movies that you're just like, oh my god. Uh, but yeah, he's uh he was definitely somebody I want to give a shout out to. Uh, he was just kind of like the tough guy in the background in in so many of these movies. Um, that I you know grew up watching and they, they were so awesome. And then uh, Robert Davy was definitely. You know, obviously, most represented by the Goonies. Uh, I think one of the bad guys in the Goonies. Oh, the Fratelli. Um, yeah, yeah but he's been that. in like so many movies too. As soon as he uh, walked on, she was like, "It's the Fratelli." Yeah, <laughs> but like those dudes, like have done so many movies, and like I was just going through their IMDb's, and it's just like, oh, God, like, and like you probably never, you know, you probably haven't seen more than like five of them you know but, but these guys are like hustling and they've been working for a long time i'm really glad that you gave him a shout out because i forgot to mention the fratelli's part yeah uh, so thank you very much uh dr Armand they're, they're a fun part of this movie so are all of hans gruber's uh hans gruber's henchmen in this movie which fun fact one of his henchmen in fact fritz uh the actor's name is hans so I bet that wasn't at all confusing on set. What? Well, I'd also like to put out that the other guy, James, the other big brutish guy, Wilhelm von Holmberg, yep. is also Vigo from yep. Ghostbusters. Yes. Oh, you're right. Vigo. Oh, Party wow. time. Is that why he was upset? And he was also a character in In the Mouth of Madness, which we were mentioned earlier, oh. amusingly enough. Wow, he wasn't that <laughs> What a callback. And he was in Diggstown as Charles Makeham Diggs. So, so do you think, uh, Dr. Armand Kring, do you think that's why he threw the desk up? Because he didn't have a party? Is that why? But <laughs> very well uh, But yeah. Uh, so guys, like we like we did last week, uh, it's kind of like, hey, remember this scene? Oh, hey, look at this scene. Oh, you know, this scene. Let's point out and talk about our favorite actors and scenes in this one. This movie will be debated until the t end of time probably if it's a Christmas movie or not and we said hey you can watch whenever 
it's an it, it's a Christmas adjacent movie. It's for the holiday season if you choose to. But you know, watch it at your leisure when you want to. Um, I'll first I want to say thank you, Doctor Amar Kringle, for coming on again. Thank you, thank you for having week me in a row. But indubitably, yes, love having Doctor Amar Kringle in the, in this studio anyway. Wow, I feel like that's a shot. That's a shot at the Central uh, Florida studio. I see how that is. It's not a heavy shot, but it is. A, it is a shot. It is, it is a light jet. Oh, uh, but but guys, also uh, just want to thank Marty and the Eric and Zerber for allowing us to be on the website lowrainpictures.com. Also, Kevin George, thank you for letting us use your music. But the other thing that we have to ask before we go any further is here on Cinema Gems, we have a rating system. Full gem, an amazing movie. Half gem, an all right movie. No gem, a horrible movie. Dr. Ramon Kringle, what do you give Die Hard from 1988? Full gem. Absolutely, 100%. I can see that. I can see that. But Maestro, what do you give Die Hard? Before I rewatched it, I thought it would be a half gem. I was wrong. It's a whole gem. It's... Uh, there's a reason it's iconic. There's a reason it stood the test of time, despite several sequel attempts that have not hit the same. Just like with Jurassic Park last week. Wow, I I love how appropriate both of these back-to-back Doctor Almond Kringle episodes are, because they're both about movies that had several sequels, and none of them did the first one justice. Do, do they ever? can't capture lightning in a bottle twice? It's very hard. <laughs> Yeah, because you got to open the bottle where you caught it the first time, and then it, it you let it go. Or you could just try and capture it in another bottle, and not shock yourself. Or you could just get Christina <laughs> and die. Uh, I also give it a whole gym. This movie's amazing. It's really good. It's stupendous. Please check it out if you haven't. I believe is on it on it is on Disney Plus and Hulu yes. maybe. Uh, I I got it on Prime. Oh, okay. Cool. I paid just a little bit for it, but I didn't really pay anything for it because I had built built up cash in Prime. Uh, he had IOUs. Uh, so, like that. Uh, also, uh, before we go any further, Bruce Willis admits that he gets squeamish whenever he sees the part where his character pulls the glass out of his feet. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. That's a that's a crucial part. Uh, and you remember when uh, when Holly's being held hostage and uh, John McClane walks up and he goes, "Hey, honey." completely ad-libbed by Bruce Bruce Willis. Before we go, I do have to thank all of our amazing Swapper Jacks friends and family and our amazing Cinemaniacs for listening. Uh, And like the Admiral said, this was just kind of uh, our favorite things about this movie. And if we missed your favorite thing about this movie, please let us know at cinemagems15 at gmail.com. Heck yeah, I got it right that time. All right, and I have one other thing, and I promise we can go. So remember (laughs) when... Uh, Hans is on the side of the building and the watch, the Rolex. I love how Patron was like, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, so he was dropped from like a 10 foot height. Um, and so they edited where he was on top of the building. So they told him, they told, they told Alan Rickman, we're going to drop you on three. Alan Rickman's like, okay, cool. So they go one and they drop him. So his actual reaction yeah. was the first take. Oh, God. Amazing. That's mean. Absolutely amazing. I mean, he, did, he did fall into a giant 
you know, being airbag slash beanbag, you know, he wasn't harmed at any point. But also but that that, was... that face is iconic too. Like the face he's making is like it's sheer terror. That that's up there. Yes. In terms of director meddling, that is up there <laughs> with Stanley Kubrick lying to George C. Scott about having the camera on. Oh. When he was just going off. Wow. Okay. I didn't even know about that, but that's that was a good one. Oh, and Doctor Strange love. Oh, or stop. We'll get stop there one day. About, start, stop worrying about the bomb and loving it. Uh, stop. How I stopped worrying and loved the bomb. Sure. Or something like that. Hey, we'll get to that eventually because I believe <laughs> it's on Glados's list. Yes, and it's an anniversary next year as well. So we'll get to. <clears throat> Let's go. Um, so uh, thank you guys for listening thank you for being there also thank you guys to take some time for yourself before you can help others remember guys you you need to relax and do some re- recontextualization of yourself before you can help anyone else it's fine to breathe relax and then help others you are fine to think and worry about that you're fine take some time because there are multiple things going on in this world that we cannot do our by ourselves we have to have our friends and our new family aka our friends or your family that you like to help you out guys it's it's really a time to just think about all the uh, moments that you had over the past year to remember that hey it's okay to worry about things because guys you'll make you made it through another year you made it through another year barely i know i did barely by the skin of my fingernails, basically. Skinny chin yep. chin. <laughs> what, everything the Admiral said, I second. Yes. Yeah, um, all of that. Dr. Alan Kringle, just want to thank you for a third and probably, if possible, fourth time for coming on again for a second week in a row. Thank you very thank much. Thank you, sir. Thank um, you. Uh, you're very welcome. We, we are greatly appreciated because you take time to your amazing life with Hugh Jackman. And uh, Mr. Morales yeah. to come and help us. Um, but we have another weird movie that, if possible, Dr. Armand Kringle, if you can watch it, that'd be great. But if you can watch it, it's called Without a Clue that came out also in 1988 that we're going to review next week that I'm really looking forward to. I don't know if the butt maestro is, but I know I am. A bit. <laughs> classic selling point (laughs) i i forgot that was next week i'll be honest i thought uh, we were doing something else but yeah we can do we can do without a clue look all right guys the admiral mentioned by skin of his teeth same and if you're getting through this year by the skin of your teeth you're almost there also i just want to thank the uh minnesota video lady for sending in that verbal email to let us know that because we will take that and understand it and make sure that we try and make this a clean podcast from now on boulder dash we're, we're making an effort this episode was a little bit rough but to be fair it was die hard <laughs> actual yeah correct. not a clean movie correct <laughs> correct uh and also guys just remember to take some time before you can help others and also remember guys to wipe your hooves and see you later but remember black lives always matter guys Always love y'all. Bye, guys. See you later. Bye.